Welcome to the Men Are The Prize podcast. This is a safe space for men just like you to be open, vulnerable, and emotional. Every week, a new case study steps out of his comfort zone to discuss masculinity. Using the prize mantra, we discuss important aspects of being a man. This is the who, what, where, when, and how of manhood. Do this. Men of the Prize podcast. It's season two. It's men. We're talking about us. Why are we awesome? Why are we the prize? Season one was stories. I did this. I struggled. I survived. Season two is a bit more. We're going to hear stories. We're going to be motivated. But after I hear the story, I want results and I know what the next step is. And there's mm-hmm. nobody better to go to to get results, to talk about progress and improvement in our lives than our guest. It is Richard Earl Lonsberg. What's good, Rich? Bro, you throw my whole middle name in there, man. You made me sound whiter than I am. <laughs> What? Well, then prove him wrong, baby. <laughs> Bro, I have the whitest, I have the whitest name for an El Salvadoran man. Richard Earl Longstreet. Oh, El Salvadoran. Interesting. By the way, you're talking to a man whose name is Harvey. So I'm not the complaint. It, it, does, it falls and like, nah. Let me tell you so, pale. <laughs> Harvey is as Caucasian. It's damn near transparent. So whatever, you know, but I like the name. I can tell already we're going to have a good conversation. Um, Um, That's what's up. All right. I forgot to do this before, and I'm going to do it now. This podcast is, and this is something for the listeners and the people who watch. At best, I'm an expert at being myself, at being a man. Mm. What I am is a person who just likes to talk and likes to get men to talk about their emotions, their issues, their struggles, their life, everything. But what I am not is trained. So I can't diagnose. I can't tell you what to do. I can't help you. What I can do with this podcast is give you a forum to hear somebody speak, a man, to kind of do what we don't do enough. We don't open up. We don't talk to people. So I hope this podcast makes you think enough that if you have something you need to get out, that you don't hold on to it, that you find a friend, a mentor, a, a trained professional, somebody to listen to you because the worst thing a man can do is hold in his emotion. Because mm-hmm. when we finally let it out, that's when that toxic word comes out. That's when mm-hmm. bad things come out. So if nothing else, find somebody who can hear you without judgment, with respect, and can help you if you need. Mm-hmm. And with that, I won't use your middle name anymore because we don't want to do that. So <laughs> like Big Rich or Lon Berry or Berry. I like Are Big you, Rich. Big Rich? Mom. Big yeah, it, yeah, I feel like that sounds like if I were a you know, baseball player and I did some chew right before I went up the bed, yo, let me get a bag of that big rich. And then I'd be like, Rich, that's what it. I, I was thinking more along the lines of it was all the dream, but you know. Oh, oh, word up magazine. Mm, I feel you. I feel you. Let's talk. You ready to get into right. it? Let's do it, man. All right. So typically I read a nice long a little bio about my guests. I want you to just tell us, but I don't want the, 
I don't want the internet one. I want, I just saw you on the street. I like your hat. Rich, what's good? Tell me about you in 20 seconds. Go. Uh, I've, I've made a career helping men fall in love with themselves and each other. And I get paid to make a lot of like middle-aged white men cry. So best job in the world. <laughs> a lot of white, middle-aged white men cry. I like that. I like that. I feel like who does that? Nah, there's a sports reference in there, but I'm not doing it because there's a lot of old white men who are Yankees fans who watch their team lose every year and they cry about it. But yeah. that's a whole different discussion. Let's get into it. The discussion, it is my mantra, the word is prize. First letter in the word prize, it is P. The word is purpose, and that is defined as reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. So big rich, yeah. what's your purpose? My purpose is to crack people open, pull out what is in the nucleus of their soul and live from that place. Because that in my belief, right, is the number one thing that will leave this world better than how we found it. You know, and I know that sounds pseudo woo woo slash LinkedIn, but it's the truth. It's like, it honestly is, I'm, I'm here to help people love themselves and I'm here to make you laugh, cry, heal and fly. You know what I mean? Um, I do believe that human potential is infinite. And I think that when you operate from a place of radical honesty and self-acceptance and self-compassion, you know, um, you actually do get to live life on your own terms. And you hear, you hear words like that in my industry in the life coaching transformational Tony Robbins space, right? Life on your own terms. Well, what does that even mean? What it means literally living life on your own terms as in you set the bar, you set the standard, you have an internal GPS system and you use that to set up the metrics by which you live a life that turns you on. Right? You live because we're programmed to survive. You're programmed to make a, a living, not a life. Right? And I, there's so many, I just call them spiritually constipated, right? Like people who, like you said, they're just bottled up. It's all here. It's just, right? And every single day you're living on autopilot, just trying to get to Friday, just to hopefully, you know, put these kids in their rooms, <laughs> give them a tablet and decompress for a little bit. Right? And we drown so much of that repressed emotion, energy, pain, um, especially the men have, right? Um, we sedate ourselves with what? We sedate ourselves with porn, with alcohol, with relationships, right? We, we suppress ourselves with anything that will just quiet the mind and just keep us from connecting to ourselves. And I'm here to help you connect with what is real inside of you which is god you know which is the the what wayne dyer calls intention what all of the hippies call the universe right it what what lao tzu calls the Tao. it's the invisible life force that turns an acorn into an oak tree that turns a baby you know a very handsome baby into harvey 
right? And an even more handsome baby into Richard Lonsberry. And so, <laughs> but um, honestly, man, like my, my purpose today in this very moment, right? Cause that's all that I really have at the end of the day. Presently, my purpose is to love on others without condition, to hold a safe space and help people become honest with themselves, with their loved ones, and live a life from that place. So you mentioned that one of the things you do is you get men to fall in love with themselves, or just people in general. This podcast yeah. is for men, but so not to say that you don't deal with anybody else. Men are so my, <laughs> the world. <I'm> so. <laughs> Here's my question. Why, why aren't we in love with ourselves to begin with? What stopped us from being there at the start? Uh, so from my understanding, my experience, um, and from everything I've read and, and been through, men are celebrated for what they do, not who they are. It's very, very performative. Women too, absolutely. There is an impossible standard. And, you know, it's just like, I have a beef with society. I'm grateful for iPhones. <laughs> and grocery stores and some of Jeff Bezos, right? But like, right. For, for the main part, you think about our societal conditioning, you think, why were we never taught how to listen to our body? Why were we never taught the fundamentals of neuroscience and how habits are formed and how the conscious or subconscious mind works or how the fact that emotions are energy in motion and if you keep that up and suppress it or attach meaning to an emotion, you can literally make yourself sick, you know? And That's an so, interesting question. Yeah. and it's, I don't know, man, I have a, I have a big beef with it, but it's, uh, again, it's because uh, um, we're afraid, you know, we're, we're I, I truly believe that we are in a constant state of fight or flight and perpetual fear. And everybody wants love, approval and acceptance at any given moment. And for men specifically, it's you get love, right? Which is honestly not love, it's approval, okay? You get it if you do what I say. Mm. Where do we learn that? We learn that from our parents, pastors, mm -hmm. preachers, teachers, right? right? You get love if you do what I say. Also, here is the laundry list of what your life is supposed to look like. Here is what you're supposed to do as a man. And there's a lot of good stuff in here, protect, provide, appropriate, right? But no one ever also taught us how to, how to do that. And on our own, again, back to on our own terms from an authentic place. And so the reason why I believe men do not love themselves is because they were never taught how to. And that they have both an externally imposed and internally imposed pressure to perform, to keep a mask on, to act like everything is okay and never let anybody on earth see you sweat, right? Right. And how can you feel safe in your own skin that way? Right. Shut up. Right. Be, and listen to Kendrick. Listen to uh, I think it was Father Time. You know, have you heard the uh, Mr. Morale? Mm -hmm. 
oh, that song murdered me. Kendrick can say it in three minutes. It took me 40 right now. But like, you know, it's it's honestly though, and it's, I think the most depressing part just about that is just that it's nobody's fault. You know what I mean? That's the thing that really blows my mind is that my dad learned it from his dad, which learned it from his dad. Emotional intelligence has only become a thing in the last, what, 40 years? Yep. It, you know what I'm saying? Like we yep. just realized that emotions actually physiologically affect you in a health, mm-hmm. in, they affect your health. And so, yeah, it's, it really isn't anybody's fault. And I think that we have absolutely, um, I think it's getting better though. I exist. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's there is so much information. There's so there's you, there's me. There are there are men who are like, wait a minute. I can be a man, I can put it down in the bedroom, I can work hard, I can chop wood, <laughs> and I can read and cry. <laughs> you know, I can yep. be present, I can tap into myself, I can be a healthy, conscious, masculine man. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, right? It's not yin, it's not, just, it's not just hold it all in until you're 80 and then die very fast, <laughs> you know? And it's yeah. not, oh, oh my father never loves this, right? It's like, you don't need to be a big sopping mess all the time either. Right. There's the sweet spot in the middle, which to me is being a conscious, man i like it so much of what you said <laughs> so the first thing oh here's a question yeah so your mission is to get men to love themselves accept be happy be proud of who you are here's a question yeah is it easier to is it easier to live loving yourself or to live hating yourself which one requires, is it easier to just live this life that we're programmed to do? Or is it harder to change, become what I am, and now I'm living a manhood that I'm not used to, that I don't see, that I didn't see growing up? Is it easier mm-hmm. to just do the status quo or to be that new man? That's why it's called the status quo, right? It is right. the standard. You know, and the standard is living unconsciously. It is living on autopilot, living up to other people's expectations and standards and hating yourself. I mean, you, you talk to any single guy, any guy, any man who hasn't done a modicum of the amount of work that we've done, right? And you talk to them about how do you feel about yourself after you made a mistake? What is their default response? stupid 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 right and Mm -hmm. once they're done physically doing it then they're thinking about i was so stupid 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 right now ruminating and now all of a sudden it's 10 years gone by he's like hey man what if it wasn't your fault oh my god (laughs) you know what i mean but really it's it's so much easier to be harder on yourself than it is to be easy or kind to yourself Mm -hmm. and a lot of it is you think about your self-talk where does that come from right? From zero to seven years old, you're in a hip, like a hypnotic state where your subconscious mind is sucking in everything, including who you are and how to be. 
right? And what relationships, what qualifies as normal in relationships and in the home and in interpersonal dynamics, right? In, in how the world works. And so you have a bunch of men who carry the sins of their father. And how did their father handle regret, mistakes, guilt, shame? All of these four, five, six horsemen of the apocalypse. And so, yeah, I do believe that it is a lot easier to be mean to yourself. It's a lot easier to maintain the status quo of just it is what it is. You know, I eventually I'm just going to wait until my wife tells me that she's had enough and then I'll go to therapy. Mm -hmm. Fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because I think um, and this is a this is a quick shout out to my boy, Jim Vance. You're going to love him, too. I want to introduce you at some point. He's actually um, he's the CEO and creator of The Conscious Man. And he and his wife are doing some incredible things with masculinity and, femi and femininity and those dynamics and the polarity and energy and, sh and stuff. But um, he taught me the hardest thing a man can ever do is forgive yourself. I mean, you really think about it, like, how hard was it for you to do that? Right? It, it was by far, dude, I lost custody of my children. Like, I've been saving this in the chamber because I'm really excited to talk about this here with you because I have so much respect for you. But when you allow things because you have no masculine core, when you don't know who you are and you don't know what you stand for, right? You fall for anything, right? right. That old yeah. Yes, sir. I fell for being a professional victim I did not set any kind of boundaries. And as a result, my partner ended up relapsing on heroin. I ended up losing custody of my kids. I ended up getting arrested in Chicago, right? Changed to a wall for kidnapping of my own seed. And I ended up homeless for about two years. And dude, when I tell you that having to visit, I thank God my parents became the foster parents, right? That yeah. was okay. the, all the but to tell your seven-year-old son that you cannot raise him right now and he can't come home because daddy made a mistake and you look at him and he's clinging on to you for dear life he loves his grandparents but he wants to come home with mom and dad and I have to tell him, you cannot come with me. You have to stay here. And then I have to look at myself in the mirror. Okay. And that leads perfectly into the next letter in the word prize. The letters are, the word is resilience. The yeah. capacity to recover quickly from difficulties and toughness. That sounds like I have a seven-year-old daughter. I know I couldn't say that to her. Yeah, I have three other children. It just happens to be they match up in age. I don't know how I could do that. So give me a situation. And if the situation you just mentioned fits, a situation where you found out yeah. just how tough of a man you are. Where did the resilience, maybe you didn't even know you had it. Yeah. Talk about that. 
It's a really good question. So the, the timeline, right? <clears throat> timeline. We don't have enough time for me to tell you the entire story, but okay. the, the, the timeline was essentially like, you know, CPS is like, hey, we know there's something fishy afoot, right? We're gonna, we have a warrant, this, that, woo, woo, woo. We run, <laughs> we, we pack the kit because here's the thing. She grew up like wifey, she grew up in foster care, right? Okay. And we don't even need to get into it all outside of the fact that it is hell. <laughs> mm-hmm. And out of the fact that if you're in there, you have a what, 95% chance of getting raped, abused or killed. And right. so she, that thing and so she's like if we lose the children because this is her wounds talking right if we if they go into foster care richard they will die right we have a two-year-old baby girl do you want that no and i i'm i'm the good church boy you know right like i'm just like the mama's boy goody two shoes like sex drugs and rock and roll is just something that you masturbate to it's not something you participate in (laughs) and like and she came from that world you know whole tarantino desk and shit and so we take off we run we pack up our honda we throw away 90 percent of our belongings in our apartment in long beach get inside put these kids in right and we had three okay we put them in and we we take off and then we end up going to Illinois, right? We end up getting there, we get arrested. And then Olivia and I, we're, we're in these jail cells and then they take our kids and they fly them over to California. I'm sitting there, bro. I'm, I'm, and because it's serious, because it's kidnapping, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're not around, they're throwing the two of us over. And I am in a cell and I'm listening to my partner experience her biggest fear. She's in the room next to me. We can't make eye contact, right? There's a cop who's like, no, whack. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. Chicago, you know how they do. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I'm listening to her scream, cry, dist- her soul is just broken. And she's begging, pleading for the police officer to see her kids, right? And she's telling them that they have this, they have an allergy, they need to eat this, that, and the third. And the poor thing, like you have, you have a heroin addict who can't escape her own pain and is reliving her biggest nightmare. And then you have the man and I'm there and I'm just like, the feeling, Harvey, of legitimate helplessness. The last time I saw my kids at that time, some asshole was driving off with them in my car, right? And I think honestly, resilience for me is just, I'm here talking to you. You know, that's, you know what I mean? From there, that was a year and a half ago. That was January of 2021, you know? And we had just gotten that, too. So I was like, God, (laughs) 
<laughs> but man, so so we're there, and I just I have to I have to take it all in. And and I'd been coaching for a while. I knew how to meditate. I knew how to regulate my nervous system. I knew how to open my heart and feel feel my feelings. I was literally actually just like meditating in that jail cell. And that's all I could do. I could literally just sit there in the shit, feel the pain. There's nothing else I can do. What you resist persists, right? And so trying to resist any of this, it's, it's, it is an exercise in futility. It is completely pointless. And so, yeah, man, that was low. That was, that was hard. Wow. And then, and then uh, there was a caseworker who talked to us and she was like, hey, so we really don't give a shit about y'all. We just wanted the kids. So mm. we're going to let you go. Vaya con Dios, right? Okay. We have our Honda that has the baby seats, and I'm looking back there, and I'm and I'm holding Olivia, and we're screaming. This is Academy Award winning. Fuck Goodwill Hunting. This <laughs> is City of God. You know what I mean? This is just ah. So she and I are just screaming at the top of our lungs in this Honda, and we have to make a decision have to make a decision in that moment i remember just like i can feel you know what i mean i'm feeling it it's just who are you my buddy tristan he always tells me every day a man has a chance and a man has a choice and i had a chance to make a choice Life is, right? Life is not a process of discovery. It's a process of creation. And so you create your life by the next choice that you make. So who are you? Mm. That's a question I ask all the time, especially on this podcast. When you're talking about just kind of hopelessness, just it reminds me of being in the room when your child is born. But even before that, it's your wife, your girlfriend, whatever. She's on that bed, screaming, freaking out, hating you because you did this shit to her. And there was literally nothing you can do. It's it's weird because I see my child come out. Damn, my man, that's my kid. That's my child. Yeah. At the same time, I could do nothing to help her. I am at my highest and my lowest at the same time. Yeah. It's just, it's so interesting. Life has that. But wow, it's that's that's a lot. That's a lot. And the fact, again, that you were sitting here and you just talking to me about this, the fact it's I always look for more when I hear when I talk to resilience. But sometimes being present is the gift and the thing that you accomplish. Just being around your kids just wanted you there. They didn't want that big gift. They didn't want the Hess truck. They just wanted daddy. And sometimes that's just what it, I just I just sit there and hug my kid. I I'm all, I'm just astounded when I talk to men and stuff because you did what you had to. You ended up making a decision that you had to, and that's what we do. Yeah. But we don't want to have to get to that point where we have to make that kind of decision. Yeah. How did you deal? I mean, so you make a decision. You watch your kids go. What's what's the mentality? What are you like? How are you maintaining? How are you just not at the lowest thinking, I don't even need to be around my kids, 
my girl is at her lowest and I can't fix it. What's your mindset like? What are you doing? At that in his exact moment, I thought I got to get the babies, right? I, I thought I got to get the kids. And so we take off that night and we, we drive for three days straight from Chicago back to California, right? Where the mm -hmm. jurisdiction. Okay. And we're homeless in Skid Row in Los Angeles, right? Now. Okay. Right. And God bless Liv, man. She gets off of that shit just. You know, talk about motivation, right? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> goes straight to the methadone clinic and she, cold turkey, right? It's over. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of methadone, but it's like methadone heroin. <laughs> right. So she's bring herself off and it helped her get off of heroin. So great, right? Okay. And it started with, I got my favorite toys taken away. I want them back. Right? Okay. The self-righteousness, I had all of this cortisol and adrenaline, and there was a, they took them from me, right? There was still that victim mind. There was no personal responsibility to this, yeah. right? So mm -hmm. I had, hadn't learned my lesson yet. I had to be broken further. <laughs> be humble or be humbled. Mm. So true. <laughs> it's so no... True. No coincidence that the last three letters of humbled is lead. Mm -hmm. Valid point. You know? So, oh, okay. mm -hmm. R, that's a free one for you. All right. You can't <laughs> go. Uh, <laughs> and so, um, so it was like, you know, the man has my kids, right? The man mm -hmm. took, no, Richard, mm -hmm. you lost them. They didn't take them. You lost them. And there's so, a big difference, yeah. And it took a minute to get to that left to get to that place, right? And I, I eventually, you know, we're homeless. We're doing the case plan. We're we're going to parenting classes, anger management. We're going to, you know, she's going to meetings, right? I'm learning a lot about me in this. Trying to go to Al-Anon, getting more counseling for myself. Fortunately, I had a huge. Um, and I'm sure that plenty of guys have talked about this already about how like your circle is everything, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like it absolutely helped that I, my circle was a bunch of powerful men's coaches. Okay. Right. Because I'm a wonderful friend. And so I've been there for them. Right. You have that, that friendship capital. And then they held all the space for me and they're like, Hey man, I, I love you. I'm here. You are being a piece of shit. <laughs> right and and i'm going to call you to a higher level of being <clears throat> so eventually and that's again a shout out to my buddy jim too whom you are absolutely gonna love to 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 like me is to love this motherfucker he's me but 40 <laughs> tough with biceps fuck that guy but um so anyway <laughs> so anyway i remember talking to him though and he's like well you can see this as life is happening to you or you can see this as life is happening for you because God is always talking to you. It's when the fuck are you going to listen? Because I, I had that intention, right? Like you probably you talked about this on the show, like intention, purpose. What do I want? What did I want to do? I wanted to be the greatest husband and father and man that I could possibly be, but I had no North star. I hadn't, I didn't listen to my internal GPS. And so what I ended up losing everything. So now, uh, so God's like, all right, 
You still want to be this? Here you go, crunch. Until you finally learn your lesson that these are your babies. This is your woman. This is your life. And if you don't treat it as such, you're going to be a leaf in the middle of a, of a hurricane. Personal okay. responsibility. Mm -hmm. Accept that it was my choices and that I am at the epicenter of my family. That, that led me to <laughs> manning up, to toughening up, to doing, putting in the work, putting in imperfect action, right? And finally making that decision to, okay, all right, it's my fault. And if it's my fault, then it becomes my responsibility and then it becomes mine to do something about. That's why it's called personal power for God's sakes. It's personal, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And then and then that's when things began to change. That's when I started hiring like, you know, every coach I could, every therapist I could, every count, like all the support started doubling down on my business. It was ironically, 2021 was like the best year I ever had in my business, right? <laughs> I was running a coaching business in my car. <laughs> you know, I remember enrolling a doctor, right? Like in spring. And he's going like midlife crisis shit, right? Mm -hmm. And I enrolled him while, you know, just like in, in the Honda, right? Okay, so that's the vision. All right, what's it, what's it, what's it cost you? What's it mean to you today? <laughs> I would take, I would take coaching calls at Panera Bread, bro. Like, <laughs> wow. you know, wow. so to that, to that, and, and the resource, by the way, a book that you'll love, and I know that your readers will absolutely love, is a book called Resilience. It's my absolute favorite book in, uh, ever. It's Resilience by Eric Greetens, G-R- E-I-T-E-N-S. And what and it was uh, a series of letters, right? Very, very reminiscent on, on the shortness of time or life. I think it was Seneca that wrote that to, to Lucius or Lucilius, but you know, ancient Greek philosopher or ancient Roman philosopher who wrote a series of letters about the well-lived life. And resilience is this retired Navy SEAL who's writing a series of letters, right? Pulling and drawing from Christianity, from Stoicism, from ancient wisdom. And he's writing letters to his buddy who, who was an, as an ex-Navy SEAL, alcoholic, right? Like wife and kids left, failed businesses, ready to, to down a 40 and then just blow his head off. But he reads one letter from his friend and then he reads another one and another one and another one now we got a whole ass book save the life of this guy i read it my god you will love it but you know it's 
that taught me a lot about how it's not about bouncing back, you know? It's about growing up, <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't wanna, I don't I don't want to get back to where I started when I got knocked down. Oh. I want right. to rise. I love that. I'm going to have to change this R in this word. <laughs> the title is great for the book, but I, I, I like that. And that's, that's, that's really interesting. Bounce back. I think about him like recover. All right, I was in this place. Something bad happened to me. I made it back, but now I'm back to where I was when that thing hit me. Do I want to be in that same place, or no. I want to jump over that? That's such a valid. I'm loving you right now. You just you're dropping gems left and right. I'm, you know, I'm ducking. You know, you make a big move <laughs> every time. That's, all right. <clears throat> so we move on from the I because I'll save that for the end. The next letter in the word prize is Z. And the word is zeal. Zeal is yeah. enthusiastic devotion. What do you love? What are you enthusiastically devoted to? <clears throat> My TikTok followers? I'm kidding. No, not at all. Um... <laughs> I, you know what, man? Thank you, everybody. All right, my name is Harvey. I'm going to say about TikTok. I got to go. <laughs> hey, go figure. By the way, go figure. I start talking about this shit on TikTok and I get a lot of these, like, you know, just, just like neurotic, you know, children start listening to me about masculinity and it's like water to a parched, you know, tongue. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, well, <laughs> this is easy. What I love. I love getting on the phone with a man who is already working on himself, but he doesn't know what to do, right? He's all personally developed out. He's read uh, Napoleon Hill, right? He's read everything Ty Lopez said to read. He knows all of Gary Vee's stuff. He knows, right, John Maxwell, leadership, personal development, all, all the stuff. But here's right. what happens, personal development hamster wheel. It's good to get a man to get his head out of his ass. Right. The problem is after your head's out of your ass, you have to learn how to listen to you. John Maxwell said it, great leaders make more leaders. Decent leaders make more followers. Valid. You really think about what Christ did. Christ returned power that, you, that people felt that they just had to go to church to receive back to you. Your relationship with me is personal. Right? I was having a conversation with my coach and he, he, honest, he asked me, what is the real nature of leadership? What does it mean to be a leader? And for me, it, I, I remember saying, to be a leader is to return people back to themselves. It's not to follow, it's to guide. I'm here, like, if, if you're my client, right? I'm not here to get you to listen to me. I'm here to guide you back to your own zone of genius. That to me is what leadership is. It is, hey, let's go back to you, <laughs> you know? And it has nothing to do with telling people what to do. There's nothing, it, it has everything to do with influence. 
but it's not about barking orders. That's a manager. You know what I mean? Right. right. I feel way more spiritual than that. But um, but I love talking to I love talking to guys who are they know all the books. We speak the same language, right? But they're afraid of going there. And where there is, is being able to, to tap into this, to tap into their heart. Because personal development, like from, for, the, for the manosphere, for, for men, it's like, it's all about cerebral and mindset, right? And it's like, you're gonna see the vision, go to the gym. Like right. All of which are beautiful, but what are you doing with your soul? Are you living or are you just improving all the time? And what are you improving for? And who is it that is improving? Who are you? Right? Back to the essential question at the core of a man's soul. Who are you? And so <clears throat> a lot of times all they know is that I just got to get, I got to stop being a piece of shit. Cool. Right? I got to stop sucking. So I'm going to read all these books and I'm going to set an intention. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to lose a bunch of weight. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to make a bunch of money. Cool. Wonderful. What are you doing with it? Where are you going with this? Right? What do you stand for? What is the impact? What's the mark that you want to leave? The big picture questions I love talking about the big picture stuff, right? Big picture stuff all the way down to the, the, the minutia of how are you feeling? And getting them to be like, wait, <laughs> hustle. No, stop it. Shut up. <laughs> Learn to be silent. Helping men um, create a wonderful relationship with themselves and with silence. You know, I once heard this, this quote that was, um, praying is talking to God, meditating is listening. Okay. Okay. You need both, right? You can have a conversation, but then you gotta listen to what he's saying mm -hmm. and then run around with go. I like what Lao Tzu says. He says, the Tao does nothing and yet leaves nothing undone. And you think about that and you think about the implication of it, which is, a profound trust in life itself. Okay. You know, when, when, um, when the Jews were in ancient Rome, right? And they introduced the Romans to the concept of Sabbath, right? The, Roman, the Romans, I mean, think about it, right? They built aqueducts that lasted thousands of years, you know? There's, they're builders, they're doers, hustle, grind. You know what I mean? That's a lot of men today. Right. And the, the Jews are like, hey, you know, we take this whole day off. So we don't, <laughs> we don't. And the Romans are like, we've never met people so lazy. You don't work seven <laughs> weeks? The fuck is that? <laughs> you know, but I love the metaphor. Like the, the notion of this is God's day. It's a day for you to connect with something higher than the work that you're doing. Wow. Listening to you, one word, a word, there's two words that I really love when I talk to men. And for me, someone I talk to my kids. One word I love is empathy because I love understanding what somebody else is going through. 
Yeah. And like, you're a better person when you can recognize what that person's dealing with. Yeah. But my favorite word when I think about men is accountability. Mm. We have this issue and black men, we have this thing. Black, black women do not account for what they're doing. They blah, blah, blah. They expect men to do all this. But when, when you get past that, yeah. what, are you, what are you doing? What, what, I mean, she probably messed up in a relationship too, but you weren't just sitting there being all perfect. What was your hand in the situation in how you raised your children, why you got fired from that job, why you got thrown out that bar, all that stuff. Accountability is a hard word that we throw upon others, but we don't always wear ourselves. Yeah. So hearing you talk about it, it's a lot of, there's a lot of shit out there going on, but you had a hand in it. In some cases, you chose that situation. And the minute you can say, you know what? I didn't have to sleep with that girl. I didn't have to take that drug. The minute you can be like, yo, that was me. And that's what it sounds like talking to you. It's like, I'm at my bare bones and most of the stuff that happened, I brought it on myself. And when I can look at myself and say, you know what, I done messed up yeah. and that's okay. Now, what do I do about it? That sounds like a bare bones, untrained definition or description of what you do. Yeah. But how hard is it? Is it to get the men that you talk to, to get down to, I messed up to get to the accountability part. How hard is it to get a man there to be fully accountable for their action? For the guys that I love talking to, not very, you know, cause they've already done that. Like they're already at a point of ownership. What they're lacking is direction. Okay. Right. Okay. It's, they have no, like they have no problem accepting responsibility. Cause again, they're all developed, right? Right, but, right. But there's what you do isn't as important as the energy behind why you do it. Okay. What you were talking about with accountability, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And what Carl Jung said is he said, until you can make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. Oh, God. Right. That's that's one of the quotes that changed my life. It was, you know, until you can make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. So why I have an infinite amount of compassion for guys who have fucked up, who have cheated, who have made those mistakes with let their kids down. Right. Who, First of all, who in God's name am I to judge anybody? Number one. Right. OK. Hey, you're the homeless life coach that lost custody of his children, right? Just take your mouth on that. <laughs> um, but number two, you honestly don't know what you don't know. How much of the mistakes that you made were you trying to get love, approval, acceptance, or safety, or control? In the face of adversity, you sink to the level of your training. And if you don't have any training, you, you, you're, it's just your base primal instincts, right? You're just an animal. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I'm just do whatever feels good. Oh, this, you know, burger, this tastes good. Oh, 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 right. Mm -hmm. Sex, this feels good. I'm just going to do that. There are consequences to those things. 
Yeah. But that's where consciousness takes in. Consciousness literally just means to be aware. Okay. Why it is so important to be aware. But if you don't have a heartbeat who is asking the hard questions, right? You know, that's why I'm so in love with, and I'm still on zeal too. I'm like, I'm so in love with mentorship. I'm low key over the coaching industry because it's like, 70% snake oil salesmen and shills and just a bunch of people who don't know what the hell they're talking about took mm -hmm. a $200 certification and now they're charging $5,000 just to cheerlead you got go to hell anyway um we don't have that kind of time but that's why I do love this that's why I'm here bro it's it's you and me care so much about guys we don't know and will never meet right that we want to just get a message out there, which is you are in control. And for me, it is to pair that with all is well. You deserve love just because you exist. Just because you're here. There isn't the, the power of the power of Christ consciousness, the power of thinking and, and really accepting what Jesus stood for is you are not beyond redemption. It is arrogant to think so. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm so bad. Nobody can, no one can possibly understand me, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Oh, no one else lost custody of their children, Richard. No one else had an addict who was a partner. No one else was addicted mm -hmm. to porn. You're right. You're right. Oh, man. No one understands your pain. <laughs> but here's it's so it's it's it feels so simplistic. It feels like it's just thought, just kind of really contemplated and just recognize that you're a human being and that you're gonna mess up. Yeah. And when you at that's when you accept that for who you are and what you are then you're going to accept yourself more. You can't help but to love yourself more if you leave space for error and leave space for learning and improvement and not bouncing back. But I like the whole, I'm not going to bounce back, but I'm going to bounce forward. I kind of like that idea. I'm going in the opposite direction. And it seems so simple. It's not. Obviously, it's not because we're trained with so much crap. We All these walls are built in front of us as men. Rub some dirt on it. This is what a man does. This is how you treat a woman. This is how, you know, and no, you never talk about yourself. How do you treat you? Yeah. That's one of the things I wanted to talk about is how do I treat me? How do you treat you? How yeah. are you allowed to be treated? How are you allowed to let other people treat you? Because we don't care about ourselves enough. We're not raised to do that. Yeah. And it's, so there's just so many, so the seesaw just keeps going. I feel like I'm going to feel better about myself. I feel like I'm good, but am I being the kind of man I'm supposed to be? Then, oh, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. So it's this continual battle to be a man, but what is a man? But am I being a man? But did it being a man change? Did the definition change about being a man? Because we were talking about that. You mentioned that earlier. 40 years ago, being a man meant something completely different than what it means now. I can yeah. cry in front of my girl, and that's okay. I cried in front of my girl before, like, He's a bitch. That's different, right? Like, what are you crying about? Go outside, take out the garbage. What are you crying for? 
get some dirt, rub it on that broken arm, and go the <laughs> wood. You know, now I can sit here and say, baby, I went to work and I had some anxiety. Yeah. This new person came in. I think they're going to steal my job. And I'm not feeling great about what I do. What do I do? And yeah. it's so different. Yeah. I can can I speak to that real quick? Yes, sir. I have a very complicated past with red pill content and okay. content, right? Because a lot of it helped me. You know, it helps turn us on. It helps us yeah. fall in love with personal development. Ty Lopez isn't the devil. Lamborghinis are not bad. We all love titty. You know what I'm saying? Like it's all good. Right. right. But the other half of that is everything that we're talking about is what's in your heart. And this notion that, and I'm so happy I have an opportunity to speak about this, is emotions are just energy coursing through your body at any given time at various frequencies. You know what I mean? And, right. and like, like at a speed, that's it, okay? And it's genderless. So someone, I'm human. I love what Hobson, Hobson had a lyric that cracked me up. He said, did the guy who invented college go to college? No, okay then, <laughs> right? But a human being created a rule that said that to feel is weakness for a man. You really wanna tell Aeschylus that? You really wanna tell Marcus Aurelius that when they journaled about their feelings? Mm -hmm. So to speak to what you're saying in that, you know, showing emotion in front of in front of your wife, in front of your woman. I feel, and I've noticed that that is a hundred percent okay when respect is there. If there's no respect, she's gonna think you a bitch, right? And but here's the thing: the problem too is the whole. I, Richard, I was vulnerable in front of my girl, like you said, and she spat in my face. Does she respect you though? Right. Because emotional resilience, emotional independence is what breeds respect in a relationship. Hey, do you, whatever you do or say, I'm not gonna take it personally and I'm not gonna pout about it, you know? You know, I wanna have sex. No, okay, that's fine. I'm not gonna cry about it. I'm not gonna be passive aggressive. Oh man, just going over here to go look at these Drake models. At least someone there loves me, you know? like. Emotional resilience is good, but you, those feelings still have to go somewhere. So these guys bottle it all up and bottle it all up until finally when they're vulnerable, they explode on their woman, right? But like you were saying, it was just, your woman will hold space for you. She will give you the entire world when she respects you, when she knows that she is not responsible for your emotional well-being. And that is becoming a host unto yourself, right? Is mm -hmm. when, as a man, you can handle your emotions. You can process them. You can let them go. Get that energy out of you. So when you engage with your woman, if she doesn't respond in a way that you wanted, you don't fall back to those nice guy needy tendencies and turn her off or worse, project that wound right that wounded masculine that my feelings are hurt but you know what i mean like taking it out and projecting that onto your woman or onto your kids it's why we need an outlet that's why we need to be able to have safe people right other men 
to be like, hey, I feel like shit. <laughs> right? Right. I feel so like true. a piece of crap. Cool, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hold space for that. I hear you. And then, all right, awesome. Now, what are you going to do about it? Mm. Because now, right? <sighs> okay. I got that out. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Now, I'm empowered. You can't have that empowerment if you're constantly emotionally constipated, right? You need to take an X-lax of process and mm-hmm. talking it out and, and really feeling it in your body. And so anyways, all that to say, bro, that just men, the, the, the assumption that men can't feel or shouldn't express or that, you know, or that like, Emotions are something that you have to hold in. No, they're something that they're your responsibility. And they are something that you can absolutely, you process on your own, which gains your wife's respect. So when you are vulnerable with her, come here, my king. Lie your head on my lap. Let me rub your back. Put your sword down. Put your shield down. I have you right? She can hold you because she knows that that's not your default state. Number one. And number two, she'll be more than happy to be the strong one for a second. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. It's important. It's very important. And it's something we need. Because we have this certain position in the family that we're supposed to, you know, to lead. But when we need to not lead, when we need to relax, we should be able to do so and not feel reprisal or anything bad coming from it. But respect is an important word, especially with men. And I don't think there's not enough focus put on it when it comes to relationships. Yeah. But we're not going to talk about that. We're talking about us. We skip in that. We're going to the last letter in the word prize. The letter is E and the word is expectation. Expectation is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. So we know to a degree your story and what you've come from, how you've built yourself back up. What do you expect from yourself in the next year, five years, 10 years? Where's Richard going to be? What's the journey? Is there a destination? Is there ever a destination? I've been making peace with this the last couple of days. I am 100% certain I was born to be big. You were born to be what? I was born to be big. You were born to be big. See, I knew the title fit. Big Rich, there was a reason I said that. Ordained. <laughs> but I was, I was born to be big. I, I am larger than life. You know? And... It terrifies me. 
it terrifies me. I have a bunch of stories about it. I have a bunch of preconceived notions and internal mental narratives and stuff, but it's, it's, it's inevitable, you know? It's not, it's not even me trying to make it happen. Honestly, it's like, it's like what Kyle, Kyle C says it, right? He's like, don't reach your goal. Don't, don't chase your goals. Become so aligned, so expansive, vibrating at the same frequency of your goals that your goals chase you. Don't chase money. Do you with all the energy, all the love, all the excitement, right? Money finds you. You think of money like a fine ass woman, right? You walk up to her, please sleep with me. I swear I fucking need it. <laughs> Which I did for 30 years. My, you know, I was the yeah, toxic <laughs> on the pedestal. Please leave my right. I sound like that TikTok sound. <laughs> anyway. So uh, um, you know, you think of money like that, right? How, if money were a fine-ass woman at a bar, how are you gonna play that game? You're gonna walk up to her and be like, I need you to survive? Or you're gonna be like, hey, I'm fun. I am a good time. Let's dance. How much more can you do your attitude with money? It doesn't become, right? It becomes, living open-handed comes in comes out you have a maximum impact and so for me the more that i sing my song now without filter without condition without me going all right god look i'm going to do x i expect y no all right lord i'm gonna do x thy will be done unconditional faith in life itself to provide for you to help you reach the destination and help you to reach your potential my expectation is to be me so hard <laughs> It's to be me so, so much that I don't have to try. I attract. That's what got me here. That's why you reached out. The vibe, dude. You know, you, you picked up on my frequency. You're like, I like him. I want to know more. Who knows where this leads, right? right. Who this conversation goes, reaches the ends of the universe. Why? Because there is no expectation. It's just me singing my song, you singing your song. This is our music. Okay. You know, I'm reminded of, uh, I remember, I'm a huge Kendrick fan, right? Huge, huge KDOT fan. And I remember he was, um, he made a song on oh, the Kendrick Lamar OD, I think it was, right? It was one of the mixtapes. And he made a song just about how, oh yeah, it was the Kendrick Lamar EP. 
and he's talking about how he was making music that like he just wanted to be played on the radio so he was starting to sell his soul he's starting to make music for us right it's it's a song called just let me be me okay right and I love the, the beginning of it. It was like, uh, just let me be me. No disrespect, but motherfuck you. <laughs> I like that. I like but that. He, but, he, but he was talking about how he was like, you know, all I, I used to want to be the Messiah of rap, right? Like, I used to want to rap like Jay-Z until I, I realized that Jay wasn't me. And then he started making music because it, it needed to be made. Because it was important. What do we get next? We get Section 80. After Section 80, what do we get next? We get Good Kid, Mad City. To Pimp a Butterfly. Damn, and then Mr. Murrah. Dude is healing general curses in the Black community. <laughs> you know what I mean? Classic. After classic. After classic. It's and, not even fair. And he's not making music for you. You know what I'm saying? It's not to be popular. It's not to get rich. He was rich before, you know, after mm -hmm. good kid, right? Mm -hmm. Here, here, hey, here's all the money in the world. Go toward, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. after to pimp a butterfly. You were already a millionaire. What next? Mm -hmm. it, it has to come from in here. Life doesn't give you what you want. Life gives you what you are. So I keep, and like my mentor, John Maxwell told me, you don't go to a goal, you grow to a goal. So the more I dial this in, I, I keep making decisions and keep living days that are in alignment with who I truly am. Things just come. You got to take action, obviously. Obviously, yeah. you wipe your ass you know what mm -hmm. i mean right I still have to get out i still have to get on the damn episode i still have to talk right right you have right to grease, but when you put in the elbow grease you're doing it from a place of desire not obligation when you raise your kids you're doing it from a place of desire when you're with your woman i'm here because I want to be. Alive and otherwise, I want to be. I'm alive, I'm in a relationship, I'm raising these kids, I'm on this podcast episode, I'm writing a post, I'm doing this. You put desire, discipline becomes easier. Right, we were talking, I was talking to my buddy who's a trainer and isn't it? Shout out to Mel Gias over training with Titans, man. He's one of the best trainers you'll ever meet. And his, and his method too is just like so rooted in compassion and tough love. It's like the perfect sweet spot. You know, I love those guys because I'm one of those guys, you know, mm -hmm. tough love and all the compassion in the world. And so what we were talking about, if you go to the gym because you feel like you have to, that's not sustainable. You go to the gym because you love yourself, you love your body, you love your kids, you want to see them graduate, you don't want to get murdered by salt, like Chappelle said. 
you know? Yes, sir. Whew. So much, so much. Everything works out to the last letter in the word prize. It's the middle letter, but it's I. And I don't give it a particular word because for me, the I represents every person that I speak with. So when I ask you, when I bring up the letter I, when we take off the titles, the shackles, I'm dad, husband, addict, um, arrestee, pedestrian, when I get all that crap off and it's just you at your core, nobody else in the room, it's dark, maybe you got your headphones on and you're listening to Kendrick. When you just you, when it's just Big Rich and nobody else in the room, who are you? <laughs> Pause for dramatic effect. I am. And that's it. I just am. Is that enough for you? Always. Because nothing is needed when you just are. A lot of that we've spoken about and you talking about you're going to be big and how scary it is to be what you should be. That's why I was asking earlier. It's easier to wallow and yeah. this is just what I'm supposed to be than to put in the work and be what you can be. To be the monster, to be the man, to be the just badass that every man can be. It's scary maybe to put the work in or maybe what am I now that I'm that guy? Can I handle being that guy? It's a lot of, a lot of introspection, a lot of looking deep in there. Like, I want to be that guy, but can I handle being that guy? Can I handle putting the work in to be that guy? And then when you think about that, then it's like, do I really want to be that guy? Or is it just easier to just crouch in the corner and just take, I'm just a simple man and I do this when I could be the fucking man. Yeah. So thank you for answering the questions for the mantra for prize. I have a few random questions that I ask before we complete this. Please. Two questions. Yeah. One, what are you afraid of that you can not control? Gas prices. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> oh, God. Sad but true. <laughs> Out here trying to be profound. Talk about gas prices. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. What are you afraid of that you can control?
leading my children astray because I know all this, but when it comes to your kids, it's a whole different story, right? So I, I want, like, I have a fear that my kids are, you know, I teach men how to not take things personally. And then my kids are going to take things personally, you know, right. I can't, I, you know, I want, I teach men how to have a solid identity in themselves. And I terrified that my kids won't know themselves, right. And will lose themselves in relationships just like I did and all that other stuff. But like, I, I I'm terrified of that, but I also know that I can control it. So it's the, I vacillate between the two, you know, one breath I'll be like, I'm going to screw up my kids. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then in the second breath i'm like i'm the greatest man alive <laughs> humanity that's just being a that's just walking this earth yeah i, I would want this untouchable confidence and sometimes i have it but a lot of times I don't. And being ex and being aware and accepting of it. Sometimes I'm, I'm a human. I'm going to feel like shit sometimes. And I'm going to do my best to raise my kids and I'm going to lead them in the right direction sometimes. But sometimes I'm not. Yeah. But, but even those are situations for growth. Because I can say, you know, son, I have an 18-year-old son. Important time in his life now. I want to lead you in the right direction. But I didn't do it that time. What I can teach you is that I'm humble. And then I messed up, and this is how I fix it, which is a microcosm. I feel for what you do with men. You mess up, you recognize it, and you do better, and you yeah. bounce forward. With that, this has been fantastic. I feel better for being a man sitting in this hot ass garage. I feel good. I've been talking to you. I want you to give me something. I've got these men listening. We're, we've been struggling. Last two years, it's been COVID. I haven't worked. I haven't worked on that business I wanted to. I didn't talk to that girl that I wanted to. I didn't, I didn't fulfill that dream that I had. And we're kind of starting to get out, but I'm starting to lose hope. I don't know where I am. What do you say to that man right now who is right now, he's in a really important point in his life. What do you say to that man? Your hero is in your bathroom mirror. You gotta go find him. He's always been there. He's you. You're right. you're the guy. There's no one. That's a that's a that's a mic drop right there. But I just I. I'm, I'm long-winded, so fuck it. But no one, no one is coming to save you, even if you were to work with me or Harvey, right? right. No one, one is coming to save you. And you have been blessed with what Viktor Frankl calls the last of the human freedoms, which is a choice. When you feel, when you give yourself permission to feel awful, 
you give yourself permission to be where you are, to accept where you are, to feel God awful, to feel like the worst thing ever, right? You get that out of your system. Then you get to choose. I like that. I feel like many a dream, many a mission started at the absolute lowest point in somebody's life. When somebody decided, you know what? I don't want to feel like this ever again. Yeah, enough is what enough. Yeah, that's it. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of the way I think people look at me, the way my wife looks at me, the way I think I look at myself. Fuck it. I am going to be the man. And it starts today. It doesn't start tomorrow. I'm not going to wake up and start. No, it's 3 a.m. And I decided today I'm going to be that guy. And that's where many a dream has begun. So Big Rich said it. Allow me to reiterate. The man that you're supposed to be is in the bathroom. I like the whole bathroom thing. I think that's hilarious. He's in the bathroom right now. Where you been? He's waiting for you to show up. Bring your ass to the bathroom. Come and talk to him. He's ready for you. He's in there. Rich, this has been, it's been beautiful, man. Where can these men find you to talk with you, to communicate with you, to get the vibe, to get that energy? Where are you at? So uh, you're going to have to swallow your pride a little bit and get on TikTok. Listen, I'm a grown ass Okay, I'm a grown ass man, I'm 32. But it's where it's it's my number one traffic source and it's where I get my clients. So fuck you. I don't <laughs> You said that before. By the way, I don't take that personally. I'm completely fine with that. <laughs> I respectfully accept what you just said. It's not a personal attack. That's more for you. And that's good. It's good. <laughs> that's you oh man no I'm, I'm it i'm on tiktok at richard lonsbury it's just my first and last name right l-o-n-s-b-u-r-y richard lonsbury i put a lot of my best content out there and it's it's like a mini uh coaching uh course and i believe in putting out your best stuff for free right because you can get the recipe but it's nothing like cooking next to the chef So if you, you want to go down this journey with me and actually learn how to be a conscious, masculine, authentic man who can laugh, cry, heal, and fly, you know, give me a shot on there. You don't even have to put your freaking profile picture up and just be one of those weird little minion thingies with the one eye. Anyways, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm on that and I'm on Facebook too. Like those are my two, those are my two stomping grounds, right? Okay. But right. again, it's mostly just for my middle-aged white friends and you. And like, let's... <laughs> <But, laughs> listen, at some point, at some point I got to tell you about how like uh, my wife is like Snow White. She's, she's the color of cocaine and she kept, she keeps getting invited to this cookout Y'all keep inviting her to this cookout. I don't ever get invited to no damn cookout. I'm feeling some type of way. I'm getting hot. Just talking about 
I sang Luther at you. I don't know what else to do, man. Bro. My boy Washington from, and he's in Tennessee or in Missouri or something, right? He's he's a black mm-hmm. pastor. He hit me on Facebook. He was like, "Hey, man, you got the features." <laughs> I was like, "I want to thank the Academy." <laughs> I am a life coach, Harvey. What the fuck am I doing here? God, hey, you you a man, dude. That's just you you still a man above all things. You're a grown-ass man, but you wanna go. You wanna eat the potato salad with the cool people, and it's okay. It's okay. Bro. I hope, I hope at some point we can do this again. This has been Anytime. No, no, no. You have the gold card. Willy Wonka. The, the golden oh. ticket. See, see, people make little random references with me. I'm 47, by the way. I'm a lot older. But I'm a music and a movie head. So first you drop the Luther on me, and then you drop Willy Wonka. Careful. Because then I'm just going to show up at your house, and we're going to be watching movies and listening to it. And you didn't even know I was on the way. So just... Man. My girl would be like, what? A, a new boyfriend? Jesus <laughs> My wife probably wouldn't like that, but hey, we'll deal with that. You know, when we, you know, when we get to that bridge, we'll cross it. <laughs> Who is this man, and why did why did he bring the soundtrack to the Wiz to my house? What the hell happened? <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, oh, I love that you, man. Thank you for this gift. Thank oh, you. No, thank you. I appreciate you giving talking on my space here. I'm honored to even been on the screen with you. So thank you. Thank you to all the watchers and the listeners of the Men of the Prize podcast where your inner monologue is revealed. Go find your boy on TikTok. I know it's TikTok, but it's worth it for this man. In fact, I'm gonna go go find my phone. <laughs> I may have to, I may have to, I have, act, to. Act like, I have TikTok. I'm trying to act all hard with it. I have TikTok. I've seen your work, bro. Okay, I, let me come right out with I've seen you. I see you. You hype. I respect what you do. <laughs> Thank you, Rich. Thank you, watchers slash listeners. I will see you next week. Have a good week. Find that guy in the bathroom and look him dead in his eye and tell him I'm coming. I'm the fucking man. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to the Men Are The Prize podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow Harvey on the gram at Men of Zealous Nature or on Twitter at Men Zealous. Have a great week and never forget, you are a man and you are the prize.